0: Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Good to see you again, and welcome back to Optimizing Your Financial World. I'm Ryan Ruff, your moderator today. It's great to be back with everybody on the show. And as always, I'm joined by Mark Wade, president of Echelon Family Office. And we're going to be diving into yet, of course, another wealth management-related discussion as we typically do on the show here today. And to frame up today's conversation, we're going to be diving into the idea of family banks. What are they? Well, family banks are a tool that some of the wealthy families across our country are utilizing for a number of different reasons on the table. And they're becoming increasingly more adopted by these successful families in today's day and age, uh, especially with families across the wide gap of a different net worth spectrums. So today, Mark and I are going to be looking into whether or not family banks are a tool that maybe you and your family should be considering given your own needs. So with that, let's go ahead and welcome the man aboard. Mark, good to see you. How are you doing today? Hey, Ryan,
1: how are you? It's great to see you.
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing well. This is a, it's a good topic we got, t- uh, you know, dialed up for today. We're diving into, of course, family banks, how families can really decide whether or not this is one that they should be considering. So, Mark, let's just start with the obvious question. do want you tee things up for our audience today. What exactly is a family bank?
1: Sure. Hey, Ryan, you know, it's interesting. We love family banks. In fact, We have clients that are creating more and more family banks all the time. And and basically, it's just a it's a legal entity that a family sets up. There are rules that basically govern how family members can access money out of the family bank and how those family members are expected to pay the money back. And, you know, in general, it's family banks are designed really to uh, to bring a level of structure and professionalism and accountability to the family Wealth creation process, right? Uh, you know, family members uh, get ask for funding initiatives. The family bank can provide it, and basically, uh, the family bank you know tries to minimize the the emotions that come with lending money to members in the family. There's rules involved. There's ways to govern it, and uh, often it happens at at in their favorable terms.
0: Of course. All right. So let's double click then for just a moment into kind of that overall purpose of the family banks. Mark, what kind of initiatives do you see that they typically fund overall?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, one of the major things that we see family banks being used for, uh, you know, many of the professionals that serve, you know, wealthy families, affluent families, uh, find that, you know, these family banks are, are, they enable the future generations and, and family members of those generations to build their own wealth and to use the wealth provided by the family bank, that money, those loans, to create their own entrepreneurial legacies and form their own businesses. You know, driven by that, uh, you know, it it, it kind of tends that other other wealthy family members who are looking to develop a family business. Or the skills to have their own family business, and that's a really important thing, right? We all know: give a man a fish, he eats for a day; teach a man a fish, you know, he can he can provide for his family forever. So, you know these these family members, uh, you know, it, it it helps to support their new ventures to help create uh, assets that uh, that they can use to help create their their own new ventures, and also, you know, just starting these family businesses, attaining higher education, and, and other interesting needs that the family may have. You know, that said, the family banks also commonly exist primarily to instill, and this is important, underline this, to instill the financial intelligence and the, and the financial responsibilities and the inherited value of the elders, the elders in the family, those values. So the family bank is just a great tool to help do those things
0: yeah, Mark, no, that's a really, really good point. I want to get deeper into that. So could you give us maybe an example that could help illustrate how that family bank would would, like you said, build up financial responsibility among a family member?
1: yeah, that's that's actually quite easy because there's one that's really common that everybody knows about. Uh, you know, let's think about how a family bank might approach the you know the issue of helping with a child's college tuition, you know, rather than simply, Writing a check to the university, you know, the the matriarch or the patriarch could require that the college-bound child apply for a loan that would then cover 50% of the amount needed. You know, the loan term, of course, would 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 have a requirement that the child needs to maybe work during the weekends on breaks and summers to help make loan payments back to the family bank. So, you know, having this type of skin in the game, I like to call it, uh, really. You know, it could provide tremendous influence with how the child views the importance of that education. It's not just handed to him on a silver platter. There's, there's real value behind it, and the child has to provide some of that value, uh, as well as, you know, the way the child thinks about money and, and how the child thinks about spending in general.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I like that you use the college tuition example. That's a paints a really clear picture. But I do also want to circle back to another comment that you made earlier, Mark, about how family banks can be leveraged to to really help out and address that bill, uh, you know, that business building desire, that entrepreneurial spirit uh, that some family members go through. So let's say we've got that college kid; they've they're they're exiting college now. They've got that entrepreneurial spirit and business building desire. How might the family bank help them in that phase of life?
1: Yeah, great question. So, you know not everybody is cut out for corporate america many people grew up in family businesses many people grew up in entrepreneurial families and so that's often how they end up in their career right they often end up working and uh, and either the family business or starting their own businesses so family banks are often set up to to help family members build their own entrepreneurial endeavors you know the funds are can be provided you know by a family bank you know, these are, you know, by nature, they're intra-family loans. And so, you know, equity investments in the new entrepreneurial ventures, uh, you know, in addition to loans, uh, can be both. So the, so the financing provided by a family bank could be in the form of a loan and or a direct investment into, into the new venture. So, for example, let's say, you know, a patriarch might loan his daughter money through the bank but so so she can start a consulting business. So the daughter agrees to some type of repayment terms uh, at, at, of course, a preferred rate than what might be available through traditional commercial banks. So, you know, another another way is, you know, many family banks are designed to foster the creativity and the creative talents of the next, you know, the next and future generations. So, you know, they try and build the human capital, along with the financial capital. Now, the family bank is there to help build people, as just as much as it is to help build businesses. So, some of the family banks incorporate formal and informal entrepreneurial education and mentoring support. Think about that. You know, there are so many things that that are not taught in colleges and universities today, especially about entrepreneurial endeavors and small businesses. What better way to learn those things than through your own family and with the financial support of your family along with it?
0: I, Mark, I love that. That's a really important note there to make. That there, there's not only is there a, a you know a legitimate wealth component, of course, to the family bank, but there's also a knowledge component here. That's I appreciate you mentioning that. I do want to take the conversation kind of down a, a different avenue now. Uh, you know, we've been talking about how these family banks are are formal legal entities. But when you think about families, I mean, look, families in and of themselves, you know, look, we loan money to to different family members, you know, in in very informal ways, you know, throughout our lives. So why would you say then it is so important for a family bank to be very buttoned up and very, uh, very formal, for lack of a better word?
1: Wow, you know, uh, it's it's, it's so critical because, you know, when you think about supporting the entrepreneurial activities of the younger generations and doing so through, you know, informal arrangements that lack legal documentation, so here, here's $200,000, pay me back someday. You know, that, that sometimes, which is code word for oftentimes, you know, that usually, you know, ends up in a gift. Okay, or some type of or some type of, of of failure to repayment. So these informal arrangements, you know, oftentimes increase the possibility of family conflict. You know, for example, let's say let's say you have two family members uh, uh, who might remember the agreed upon financial arrangements somewhat differently. Uh, you know, those kind of situations can become destructive to to family harmony and family unity. Like you know, when uh, like when the senior member of the family dies, and there's no documenting, no documentation uh, concerning the existence or terms of a intra-family loan that he made to one of the children or grandchildren. Think about all the conflict that that can cause among family members. Well, grandpa loaned you that money, didn't he? Tell you hey, you had to pay that back. Well, no, he never did actually, and there's no documentation to support it. So you know, ultimately, with family banks accountability is paramount. So family banks are not just pools of money that family members draw upon, you know, whenever they see fit. Uh, Obtaining funds from the family bank is a bit like getting funding from a venture capital firm or from a commercial bank. The transaction really has to be established uh, and with well-documented terms and criteria for repayment.
0: No, it makes sense. You want to make sure everything's buttoned up, especially when it comes to to these types of things, especially if, if we're talking substantial sums of money where there's maybe entrepreneurial investments and spirits tied to that, you know, that, those gifts or those loans. So I uh, appreciate you clearing that up for us. And and as, as we're going through this conversation, it, it's what seems to be kind of a central theme with a, a family bank is that it really does involve lending uh, that is very customized or very tailored to a family member's specific goals and situations. Am I correct in saying that, that these are very customized banks that are are specifically addressing a given family's need? It's not a one size fit all, if you will.
1: Yeah, Ryan, you know, that's such a, such a, a critical element to designing these family banks and creating these banks, because, you know, It can be very different dealing with a family bank than dealing with a large financial institution, and it's supposed to be that way, right? Family banks tend to do best when, you know, we hope to set them up to serve the, I'm going to say, often the idiosyncratic needs, often the very specific needs and wants and nature of a particularly of a particular family, you know, so, and, and as well as that family's specific circumstances, let's face it, everybody's circumstances are different. So that's why, you know, some exceptionally wealthy families with single family offices choose to establish and run the standalone family banks while others, you know, go through the process of, you know, running uh, their single family offices without setting up uh, another entity it's it's all a matter of what the particular peculiarities of a particular family are so regardless of what those you know idiosyncratic needs are you know there's always the f- the need for flexibility family banks tend to evolve from being very simple to very to you know fairly complex at times and it's wise for the family bank to have Plenty of built-in flexibility when they're established so they can adjust as the needs of the family changes and the family circumstances change. So, yeah, it's different dealing with a family bank than a commercial bank or a large financial institution. By design, they're set up to accommodate the special needs of, 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 of families, and they're extremely flexible with regard to how they operate.
0: Well look, Mark, you've been you've been outlining a, a lot of benefits of leveraging a family bank, uh, should somebody, you know, be in a situation to operate in that capacity. But at the same time, I kind of want to define what that means. So so as we sit here talking about family banks, I'm sure a lot of our audience is is wondering, well, is this something that's applicable to me or is this something that's only applicable to, let's say, those that you know, a family that has a truly sizable net worth? I mean, you mentioned the super rich earlier. Uh is this a solution that's only reserved for them or is it more widely applicable to different net worths and different families?
1: Yeah, thank, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, I probably didn't alliterate as well as I should have in that last answer. But uh, so even though this whole concept of family banks uh, had its genesis in the realm of, you know, superfluent families in the United States, the Rockefellers, the Carnegie's, the Mellon's, Vanderbilt, so on and so forth, uh, you know, they kind of led the charge in this area. And they really came up with the you know basic, the basic uh, designs of, of how these family banks operate. But they're not the exclusive domain of the extremely wealthy, right? Because families with considerably less wealth, you know, they can use a family bank also as a lending and an investment vehicle to support the commercial activities of their heirs. So, you know when you think about the exceptionally wealthy and how they move assets around in order to to fund their family banks those with those with less wealth are not always in such a financial position you know instead they may need a pool of money that family members can use you know like we said in the form of loans whether it's for college or or, or to invest in housing or to invest in new philanthropic activities or in new business activities. So a family, for example, might be able to use a tax-free buildup from certain types of life insurance to amass wealth that family members can use to fund their own entrepreneurial endeavors later on. And uh, that's that's a, that's an activity that has proven to be so effective and so efficient. And I uh, you know we conduct those all the time. That. Funding these family banks with different types of life insurance in addition to investments is a fantastic way to keep Uncle Sam out of your pocket.
0: Mm, no, this is great insight, Mark. I appreciate you clearing that up for us. Uh, you know, that it, this is a solution that can be widely applicable to, to different families out there. Mark, you know, we have a lot of conversations on this show, regardless, it seems like of the topic of the episode. It all it seems to come back to uh, a, a core, uh, you know, kind of theme, if you will. And that is uh, it, it helps to have a team. It helps to have a team of professionals working alongside you. So let's revisit that theme, but in the sense of a family bank here today. Do these family banks do they get set up and run essentially by the family, or does it does it really make sense and pay off to have you know that team of professionals that are are working alongside you to run it or run it for you? Even where, where do you fall here?
1: Well, another great question. <clears throat> And let's just start by saying, look, every situation is slightly different, right? So they're all different variations, but in general, you know, families that set up family banks, you know, they regularly use outside experts to help assist and at least advise them. People like myself, wealth managers and and virtual family offices, attorneys, accountants, and generally what these, you know, what these experts are looking to do uh, and 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 provide require a few different you know specific characteristics right you know you know and and one of them is you know the insights and experience with wealthy inheritors I mean you know, we do this all the time so familiarity with family dynamics and understanding uh, you know the different perspectives and needs and wants of the next generation you know these are essential to ensuring you know that the accountability. And the meaningful return of investments are there because they need to cooperate and participate with the, although they're flexible, but within the rules of the family bank and and the funding being provided to them. Then there's also, let's talk about, you know, expertise and experience in dealing with entrepreneurship. Well, that's kind of the core and backbone of of our four operating companies that we have, you know, the ability to provide tactical guidance in addition to you know the investments and private enterprises and you know, helping them make and grow, uh, you know, their enterprises is really critical you know, in supporting the heirs and their entrepreneurial endeavors. And then there's the almighty tax expertise, the tax mitigation and experience, you know. <laughs> The affluent make considerable use of tax specialists. Uh, we're no stranger to that. And you know they do it to help minimize income and estate tax liabilities. And with the new ventures, there can also be substantial opportunities to reduce current and future taxes too. So yeah, being able to leverage outside experts um, and, and the way we do it uh, at Echelon Virtual Family Office is oftentimes we help introduce our clients to the appropriate experts who come in do their job and when they're done doing their job they go back to serving other clients too so we we have you know we're very application specific with how we bring our experts in and we have a network of 65 around the country currently that we're using it's it's changing on an ongoing basis and and in doing so uh, they work extremely efficiently they know what to expect from us and from our clients and they operate uh, quite cost-effectively.
0: Now, Mark, this is great. And speaking of your team at Echelon Family Office, you guys have not just conversations surrounding you know, those key characteristics you just mentioned and what you provide for clients. But surrounding, of course, the central theme of today's conversation in a family bank. So for anybody out there in the audience that may let's say their interest's been piqued by today's episode and maybe they are now interested themselves in opening up a conversation surrounding a family bank for them and their family, what would be the best way they could get in touch with you and your team to start that, uh that conversation?
1: Sure, Ryan. Uh They can visit us on the web at www.echelonoffice.com. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, the word office.com. They could dial in at 888-892-9882. Or uh, if they like, and I promise I answer all of my emails, they can reach out directly to me at M-W-A-D-E. That's M-Wade at echelonoffice.com. Again, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, office.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, Mark, look, I I know you've got a lot of clients to serve, so we'll let you get back to doing that. But I uh, appreciate you carving some time out of your day to jump on with us and and talk some family banks. So thank you. And uh, I'll see you on the next one, Mark.
1: Thanks, Ryan. See you next time
0: of course of course and hey folks we want to take one final moment as we always do and thank you all for stopping by and spending some time with us on the podcast today if you took some knowledge away from today's episode surrounding family banks we'll make sure you hit that subscribe button then on whichever platform you checked us out on today that way you don't miss out on a future conversation where mark and i break down a, a different wealth management component and conversation overall so that you and yours can come out better for it and maybe a little bit more enlightened on the other side before Mark, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, and we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Optimizing Your Financial World.